A good Tuesday, everybody. Welcome into Mining Stock Daily. Some much needed corporate, actually market commentary today from our returning guest, Mr. Jordan Royburn from The Daily Gold. Uh, Jordan, we are going to talk precious metals and junior mining here momentarily, but we got to take a look at the major boards here. A big red day all around, unless you're looking at the Dixie Dollar Index. Let's take a look. S&P down 2% as we speak. NASDAQ down 2.8%. Dow Jones down 1.5%. The VIX is up to just north of 24. So volatility abound. There's a number of things happening here, Jordan. And so I don't know if we can go and hammer each one individually out, but we talk about there's fears in the market based on what started from Evergrande in China. We have some seasonality and volatility usually happens towards late September and October. So we have that as well. Uh, then we have these continued discussions, supply chain constraints. Uh, we have inflation. So really there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of stress in markets right now, all abound here. Uh, given a day like today, you know, waking up and seeing this, what, what do you take of all this? Well, I mean, my takeaway as far as how it relates to precious metals is, I mean, precious metals are obviously in a downtrend and uh, they're looking pretty bearish technically. And essentially you need either a Fed rate hike, which we talked about last time, or you need a significant stock market correction. So not like a 7% or 10%. It's got to be, I, I think, close to 15%. I mean, th- those are the two catalysts that will get precious metals going again. I mean, so that's with respect to the stock market. Uh, long-term breadth indicators have been really, really worrisome. And in addition to that, you have economic data, which has cooled off quite a bit. And if that that combination is not healthy for the stock market, it's not good. It has preceded declines in the past. So I, I think the stock market is setting up where there's a chance it could have a significant 15 to 20% correction. But the question is, is it going to be on this move or... Um, is is the market going to have another leg up before that happens? I mean, I follow some people, not, not in our sector, because the majority of our sector, they're always predicting the market's going to crash. So we can throw that out. But just generalist people who aren't really, or more generalist people who aren't more, I mean, they're not permables. And you know, some of them seem to be wary about the market, but they also note that it's possible the market could have a one more thrust to the upside before it really gets in trouble. So this is, I mean, you're right. This is a, a time seasonally where the market, the stock market is ripe for a correction. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the significant correction in the stock market comes, you know, after another thrust to the upside. So I don't know if that's, you know, three, four, five, six months or whatever. Um, in addition to that, looking at, I mean, that, that kind of aligns with the technicals, at least how I see them in precious metals, which are not, um, I'm not seeing anything that's conducive to a, a major bottom here and yet. So that's just one um, one take uh, if the stock market here and now doesn't morph into, um, you know, a full-fledged 15 or 20% correction. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's some certain key elements. I mean, it is only Tuesday, but uh, I'm looking at the weekly ES chart, which is the S&P futures chart. And that has come down once again, the second week in a row, below that 20-week moving average. Uh, now, last week, it came down there and actually closed pretty well above it. But it's the same thing here. Like, it just kind of shows to me that the markets are very fragile. People are willing to unload. They don't trust that there's going to be another upside. Maybe they're wrong, and I'm not saying there's not going to be. But it does seem like people are quickly willing to unlo- to unload their shares and take some profits and see how this thing plays out. Uh, what other indicators are maybe you paying attention to in the general market here, Jordan, uh, that kind of maybe give you a little bit of directions of where things could go? Um, I would look at um, breadth indicators. Also, I'm looking at uh, gold against the stock market. That's a very important ratio because when that when the stock market corrects and when gold outperforms, I don't want to say significantly, but there's at least some material outperformance there. That's good for our sector. Um, but also with respect to the stock market, uh, there's indicators like the NAAIM, which is a, uh, I think it's a sort of a, I don't want to say fund flows, but um, it is a, a sentiment indicator for money managers, how much they're invested. You also have the AAII, the American Association of Individual Investors. So those are other indicators uh, that I uh would be looking at. I mean, those indicators were not, I mean, they were certainly fairly high, but they weren't as extreme as other indicators. I mean, the long-term breadth is really worrisome. So um, if, you know, we'll have to see whenever, if this is a little correction in the market rebounds at some point, you know, we'll have to see at that point, how is the breadth, if the long-term breadth is still going to remain a problem. And that would then lend itself to the concern about a more severe correction. Uh, it's still quite possible, you know, at the end of this year, we could say in the first half of next year. Uh, let's go and chat about our junior mining sector. Uh, I mean, it's been a very frustrating year, but I tell you what, if you were frustrated yesterday, you're probably throwing chairs out windows today, looking at a lot of sell-off. But there was, there is a lot to go. I mean, you know, the seasonality, of course, is playing a big factor. Lots of people unloading chairs, flight to, it looks like a flight to cash, trying to, you know, take some, well, there's really was very few profits to be made, but finding cash available here. Um, but there's also tax loss selling taking place, it seems like. You know, set the stage here for the junior mining sector and what you kind of see playing out and, and what's happening this week. Yeah, I think tax loss selling is definitely going to be an issue. Uh, we also, given it, it depends how precious metals trade over the next couple of months. And, you know, it's it's quite possible we could have an important low in December for a lot of juniors, especially if they um, if they're uh, if they just continue to kind of dribble lower over the next couple months into the end of the year, then you you would kind of get that uh, rebound effect in January. But it's it's definitely a really tough time because. Metals prices are weak. Even if we look at copper, I think copper has a chance to roll over more, especially if 
uh, you know, the narrative next year is one of slower growth. I mean, that's not good for the more demand centric commodities and gold and silver are just technically not looking good. So I, I see more downside in those metals and the miners, the miners and the juniors, they've, the way they've been trading, they're already factoring in metals prices that are materially lower than where they are right now. So I, I obviously we're seeing good values emerging, but I mean, the trend is still sharply down and I, I think we need more time and more selling and some of the things on the macro front, which we talked about earlier, uh, we need, you know, one or two of those things to happen. And so I would be, or I, I think I'm going to be a lot more optimistic as we get to the end of the year, early next year. And in my view, you know, the gold price will be closer to like a real fundamental catalyst that at the same time, maybe more oversold and sentiment is worse than it is now. And it's just, I mean, it's water torture. That's how these declines go. You know, there is, there's, you know, there's some, <laughs> there's some hope after a week or two and you think it could rally a little bit, then it just rolls over again. And that's how these declines can happen. It's just water torture where they happen slowly and they kind of, you get hope with each little rally that comes about. We, we definitely have a better sense of how gold is behaving here after the last couple of months here, Jordan. But, you know, if we do continue this decline, what are some maybe some bottom indicators or, you know, how low can this thing go still with a healthy move, uh, you know, that maybe might be the buying opportunity here? Well, as far as technicals, I mean, there's a couple of things to look at. You have the net spec position in gold. Uh, which nominally speaking, I, I think is just over 200,000 contracts. And that's still relatively high. Like it, historically, if you look at uh, the net spec position as a percentage of open interest in the 2000s, there were a lot of lows around 20 to 25%. So I, you know, open interest is somewhere in the high 400. So I could see that net spec position coming down below 150,000 contracts or 125,000 contracts. Again, it's about 212 right now. So we need to see more selling in gold. I mean, I think we will get it. The price action this summer looks uh, not good to say the least. So I think, I think there's immediate downside risk. So, so that, that sentiment indicator is one thing. Uh, another thing is uh, look, just look at the pure technicals on gold. Uh, there's quite a bit of support. I want to say 1550 to 1575 in that area. You have the 50% retracement. You have the 40 month moving average, which is kind of in the upper end of that area. You go back 30 years or so, the 40 month moving average has been a very important level, whether it be support or resistance. So those are some factors I'm looking at. Also on the, on the, the miners, one thing to look at, uh, I mean, I, I the breadth indicators I look at, they're all really oversold. I mean, GDX is not quite as oversold just because it has the royalty companies in there, which has been helping that index. Um, but one one indicator to look at is the new 52-week lows. Now, I look at, I smooth it with a 20-day average, which is gives me a nice historical look. But on a daily basis, when that indi- when you have a spike and there's like over 50%, of stocks, uh, when, when that happens and you see like 60 or 70% of stocks 
make a new low that day, and that coincides with a market that's already been really oversold, like that's when you could get a short-term low. But I mean, pick, picking the ultimate bottom to this correction, it's, I mean, the fundamental indicators that go with that are very important. There, ha- there has to be a stock market correction that, you know, has just happened or is happening at the same time, you know, or the Fed, you know, has to be about to hike rates. I mean, one of those things, because I know you asked me technicals and I'm giving you a long answer, but the funda- those fundamental factors are really important because those are going to tell us, you, you know, this is a significant bottom where it can rebound to sustain it. You know, otherwise, you know, you could just get, uh, you know, a rebound for a couple months and then, you know, who knows, the low gets retested while the, you know, the, the investors are waiting for a, a stock market decline or the Fed to hike rates. So that's how I look at the whole thing. I mean, sentiment and technicals, really important. They're still, they're still telling you there's downside, but the fundamental factors, those are going to be the things that tell us, you know, is it safe to really like go all in or not? Uh, it's the sense that I'm taking it. It's, you know, trying to find this dip and buying this dip in the junior mining sector is kind of a fool's errand right now. I mean, uh, you know, I know what I'm doing is just kind of waiting to see. I want to see some sort of, move on strength before I can really say, you know, you know, go in and say, this is a good time to buy. Uh, but that move doesn't seem like it's going to happen anytime soon. You know, if in the junior miners, do you just want to see more, you know, these downtrends be broken somehow before you even consider buying? Do you think you just kind of wait and be patient over the next couple of weeks or months? Uh, you know, what, what could move this sector and to show some sort of strength which has just been completely absent all of 2021 well we need to see a higher gold price obviously and i'll i just have to go back to my fundamental answer which is you know we need to see a significant stock market correction or the fed hiking rates because uh gold if you look at the last four fed rate hikes um, I mean, we talked about this in the summer, but the gold has, I think, an average rebound of about 27% with the last four rate hikes. So, and I, I, I'm reasonably confident we're going to see a rate hike next year, probably in the first half of next year, if, if employment continues to get better. Um, so that's, you know, that, that will obviously be very significant for juniors. I think as juniors, you really need to go a step deeper and just look at the individual companies rather than the entire sector, because there's some individual companies that can be so bombed out and you really like the value there that there's, even though it could trade down a little bit more, there's more of a risk. They report good news and they shoot higher, you know, and then you can't buy in at that price anymore. So I, I mean, for the sector as a whole, that's obviously going to be more driven by, expectations as to how gold will, will perform. And I think we've covered that, but on an individual level, um, you know, you just have to be aware of a company, its value right now, what its value might be at 1550 to 1600 gold, you know, what kind of news it has coming, is it going to be raising money? And, you know, if it's drilling, uh, and, and has a chance to make a discovery or have really good news, that's something that could, you know, pop that stock. And then you would miss the chance to buy it really cheap. So I'm not on an individual basis. I'm not saying you have to dive into every one of those at this point, but I'm just saying, um, you know, you have to, if you invest in individual companies like you and I do, 
you, you know, you, you have to, uh, uh, focus on those things. And, um, you know, that I think there's going to be some companies that report good news that are going to be able to buck the trend for a little while, but obviously, generally speaking, uh, it, it's too early to buy. And it's just, I mean, it's a cop out, but the answer is time. I mean, I, like I said before, I feel a lot sure. better when we get into early next year, because I think the longer we go, the closer we're going to be to a rate hike. Uh, the, you know, the closer goal will be to stronger support. Uh, and, and, you know, I think if the stock market doesn't have that correction now, I think it'll have it next year. Uh, Jordan, I would be remiss if I didn't get your comments on the news from Kirkland Lake today. Uh, this has been a two day saga yesterday, rumors that Kirkland Lake was kind of up for sale and, uh, talking to the highest bidders. Uh, that moved the KL stock up quite a bit yesterday. Came down off of its highs, but still ended up. Turn around this morning, and we get a merger of equals between Kirkland Lake and Agnico Eagle. Um, not the deal that I think a lot of, specifically the retail investors of Kirkland Lake were looking for. And uh, obviously, the stock definitely sold down at the open. Uh, give us your sense on this deal. Does it... Does it make sense to you? And, you know, really, does this kind of show you where we are, where premiums are not going to be hard to come by all cash offers, especially for the majors, are going to be few and far between here moving forward? And, and when it comes to M&A, do you feel like we're just going to get more of the same? Yeah, I mean, I would I would let other people speak on the merger just because uh, th- th- there's plenty of other analysts that know the companies better than I do. Agnico and Kirkland Lake and also the large miners and how these things type, uh, you know, how they typically go. But I think it, it, to your point, yes, sentiment in the sector is poor metals. Prices are trending down. It's unlikely we're going to see, you know, huge, uh, takeover premiums. And, uh, I mean, who knows, maybe we'll see more consolidation in the sector over the next six or nine months. I mean, I think we saw a fair amount of that in 2015 before we had that significant bottom. But yeah, nevertheless, as an investor, you know, I just think you never want to buy anything just because you think it's a takeover target. If you, if you want to buy it because it's a good company and maybe ultimately it'll get taken over, but you buy because it's a good company and they're going to add a lot more value in some way, you know, waiting for a takeover doesn't always work. I mean, those people who bought yesterday probably thought they were really smart. And now today you see that Kirkland Lake stock is down, you know, they'll have to dump that. Uh, that's just how these things go. I think it's hard to, as an investor to predict takeovers, you know, what it means for the industry. I'll take your comments and comments from other analysts on that because, uh, they're far more tuned into that than I am. Right. Well, Jordan, respect the respect that decision to maybe decline further comment. But uh, I look forward to catching up with you once again here and see how these markets kind of continue to play out, uh, not only for the rest of September, but throughout the month of October. And, uh, you know, historically, very volatile in October. So we don't know if this will continue or take a pause or find some space. But there's a lot of macro developments coming in that will have some sort of push and pull in which direction prices go including the precious metals prices so until the next time jordan uh have yourself a good rest of the week and hey go huskies thank you and go big red
The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak to a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.